name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, running coach, and mindset expert. I believe mindset is the most powerful and most underrated tool you have as a runner. So I've devoted my life to helping runners like you develop the mindset you need to fuel your inner fire and become the badass runner you were meant to be. This is the Running Mind Podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 27 of the Running Mind Podcast. My name is Patrick McGilvray, and I'm a weight loss coach for runners. And today I want to talk about sugar. In fact, there's sugar in everything. And I think we can all agree that sugar is not good for us, right? And yet, there seems to be sugar hidden in just about everything we eat. And I'm not talking about the sugary cereals and the soft drinks, because we all know about that stuff. We all know there's sugar added to all that, right? The real problem, I think, is all the sugar hidden in foods that normally we wouldn't think would have added sugar, from crackers to coffee drinks, pasta sauce to peanut butter, salad dressing to salsa, you can find sugar virtually everywhere you look. So why is this? Why do they have to add sugar to everything? And why is this such a big problem? In this episode, I'll be answering all of those questions and offer a few tips on how to avoid all that added sugar in your life. So this whole month, we're going to be talking about sugar. This is like... Uh, sugar month, okay? Or maybe we should call it no sugar month. <laughs> but over the next few episodes, I'm gonna be talking about the addictive nature of sugar, how to make the switch from sugar to fat as fuel for running, which is amazing, by the way. Um, how you can possibly have a life without sugar. Like, well, we're gonna answer that question because <laughs> a lot of people are like, how can I live my life without all this sugar? So we just started the July No Sugar Challenge over in the Facebook group. So the Facebook group is the Running Lean community on Facebook. And if you haven't already checked it out, um, go uh, to Facebook, just search for Running Lean community and ask, you know, click the button that says join, ask to join or whatever it says. Uh, join the group and then you can join us for the No Sugar Challenge if this is something that you're interested in. So for the whole month of July, we're kind of doing some extensive training on the topic around sugar, how to give up sugar, how to eat less of it. Um, I'm answering questions like, what am I supposed to eat now that I'm not eating blank? Questions about uh, fruit, about grains, about alcohol. So we're answering all those questions. Um, the best part is the community aspect of it. So when you do something like this, like when you take on a challenge like stopping eating sugar, it is challenging, but it's more fun and more supportive and a lot easier to do with an encouraging group of people to do it with you. So when we're all doing it together, we all support each other. It's a lot easier. In fact, here's a comment from Tammy in the group. She said, it feels great to have support in doing this with a group. It makes me feel like this time I can make cutting sugar happen, which has felt like an impossible feat in the past. I'm thankful to have connected with Patrick and this group. We've got this. Absolutely, Tammy. And by the way, she's a little bundle of positive energy, and I love that. But there's lots of amazing people just like Tammy in the group. So come check it out. So if you're ready to get off the sugar wagon, and actually by the end of this episode, you might be. <laughs> 
please join us in the Facebook group. Remember, just go to Facebook, search for Running Lean Community. Um, and it's not too late. You haven't missed anything. We've just started. It's the beginning of the month. So jump in. You can jump in anytime, seriously, and, and join us, and, and you'll get a lot of great information, okay? So we'll see you over there in the Facebook group. Okay, so today's topic is all around how there's sugar in everything. And I, I want to just kind of lay out why this is a problem. So what's the problem with sugar? Like, why are we so concerned about sugar? Um, so here's a few things that you, you might know already, but I'm just going to go over kind of some of the uh, issues around sugar. Okay, so the way sugar works in our body is that sugar raises our blood, our blood sugar. Okay, so anytime you eat sugar, um, that gets uh, turned into glucose in our body, which raises our blood sugar. And then insulin gets produced to uh, bring the blood sugar down. Anytime insulin goes up in our body, um, we start storing fat. So when, we, uh, when insulin is consistently high in our body, when our insulin levels are always really high, we are always storing fat. We can't burn fat. Okay, this, that's the big, biggest problem right there. In order to burn fat, or I'm sorry, in order to lose weight, you have to burn fat. And you can't do that when insulin is high. So basically, if you wanna lose weight, you gotta stop eating sugar. It's very hard to, to lose weight when you're eating sugar in all its forms. And I'm talking about you know, sugar, fruit, added sugar, um, you know, a lot of fruits that are really high in sugar and a lot of grains that turn into sugar and, and starchy vegetables uh, like white potatoes or rice. Those, those kinds of things are, um, will, will get turned into glucose and, and spike your blood sugar quite a bit. And so when that happens, you're gonna produce a lot of insulin and you're gonna be in that fat storage mode. And it's really hard to get out of that while you keep eating those kinds of foods. And here's the thing. Um, obesity is up in this country over 30% in the last 30 or 40 years, like since the early 80s. And um, a, a lot of that has to do with how much sugar we're consuming. Type 2 diabetes is up, high blood pressure, obesity, excess body fat around the waist, heart disease, stroke, even cancer. In fact, according to the World Health Organization, as much as 40% of cancer is diet-related. 40% of cancer is related to diet. So, uh, and, and all of these things uh, are kind of tied back to consuming sugar, okay? So other side effects of, of eating sugar, other negative consequences of eating sugar. So when you consume sugar, your appetite actually increases. You know, it releases these chemicals into your body, it produces certain hormones, it blocks certain hormones, but it increases your appetite and you feel hungry all the time and you never really quite feel full. Your body doesn't really process uh, sugar calories the same way it does, you know, fat calories, for instance, or protein. So you feel full, or you never feel full, you feel hungry all the time, and you end up craving more sugar. Um, so you, you have this like uh, sugar rush where you feel some energy, but then you kind of crash from that. You've all experienced this, I'm sure. 
Um, a lot of people do this in the afternoon. They'll have a lunch maybe and, um, you know, some cap of frappuccino, whatever they call it at Starbucks, you know, with all the, you know, uh, sugar and the whipped cream and the caramel sauce and everything. I mean, it's amazing. And the caffeine, it gives you this amazing rush, but then you're going to like crash hard after that. You need a nap. I used to do that. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need to take a nap now. Um, so, uh, and, and what happens is when you, when you crash like that, the only thing that's going to bring you back up is what? Yeah. Eat more sugar. Cause then you'll, you'll, you know, have more energy again. Right. Um, so anyway, you'll get these, uh, sugar cravings, these in, in very powerful, uncontrollable cravings for more sugar. Um, there's mood swings that happen, you know, that you, you can get very irritable from, from eating a lot of sugar. There's lethargy, you know, you just feel a lack of motivation. And people say they feel a, more of a lack of motivation to exercise when they're eating a lot of sugar, and which actually kind of compounds the whole issue, right? So there's all these negative side effects and all these um, negative consequences of eating sugar. Um, and these should uh, alone, like what I just mentioned, should be enough for you to just say like, okay, I should probably just stop eating sugar altogether, pretty much, right? Um, but, but as a runner here, here's a couple of things I want to mention that really directly have to do with us as runners. So in general, runners carry around too much body fat. And the reason for this is that, uh, runners, most runners are pretty much addicted to carbs and sugar. So, I mean, we rely on this for fuel. I've done it for years. You know, I, I just carved up all the time tons and tons of carbs, tons and tons of sugar. Um, the issue though, is that that puts you into fat storage mode and you'll actually gain weight as a runner. And you think running is going to be the cure all for that and like counterbalance it, but it really doesn't work. Um, because when you run a lot, you increase your appetite. When you run a lot and you increase your appetite, you tend to overcompensate by eating way more calories than you would had you not been running all the time. So it actually kind of works against you. Um, and because we're so addicted to carbs, you know, we're relying on this for fuel, especially if we're doing any kind of long distance running, right? And when we do that, we, we have to have the carbs and we have to have the sugar all the time. And we can't do a five mile run without couple of energy gels. We can't do a 15 mile run without a whole bunch of, you know, uh, uh, energy gels and um, sports drink and all this stuff, right? And um, this causes a lot of GI issues for people. I know a lot of people have a really hard time ingesting all these carbs, but they kind of force themselves to do it, which causes a lot of GI distress. It causes a lot of difficulty running, actually. It's kind of counterproductive for you, actually. Um, you, you tend to hit the wall faster when you're doing all these carbs. You kind of get burned out faster. And uh, so you can only burn so much sugar. So you can only have so much sugar in your system that you can use for fuel at a time, a couple of hours maybe at most. And then you have to keep resupplying that sugar. And when you do this, you're constantly filling your belly with something that your your body has to digest and something that you have to process. And so all the blood and all the energy that you would want to be in your muscles and your legs is being used to digest all this uh, sugar, basically. 
So uh, the, the alternative, though, is that uh, you can use fat for fuel, all that body fat we have carrying around with us. You can run for days and days on your own body fat, okay? You, you don't need to kind of replenish it the way you do sugar. You can run easier and farther when you become fat adapted. So you can use your own body fat as fuel. And you know, one of the things that's kind of cool about this is when you can get to the point where you become fat adapted and you are accessing your own body fat for fuel, fat is a better fuel source than sugar. It's not as easily accessible, and that's why you gotta get all the sugar out of your system first in order for your body to start using the fat, because it's not used to using fat as fuel. Especially if you're carrying around a little extra weight. If you're 20, 30, 50 pounds overweight, your body's definitely not used to burning fat. And so in order to access that fat, we gotta get all the sugar out of our system first. But uh, uh, a gram, uh, yeah, a gram of sugar can produce four calories of energy, whereas a gram of fat can produce nine calories of energy. Now, what's awesome about that is that you're gonna get basically twice as much fuel from fat than you would from sugar. And you have hundreds of thousands of calories of fat just hanging around on your body, even if you're a pretty lean runner. You have so much fuel on board that you really don't need to even like bring fuel with you on long runs. I've done, uh, I did a 50K a couple of years ago. Um, I did a couple 50Ks where I just brought some almond butter as fuel. So just some fat, a little protein, and was doing some electrolyte drinks. So you definitely want to keep your salt and your electrolytes in. But you don't need all this sugar and stuff. And I got to tell you, those were a couple of the best uh, really long runs I've ever done. I just felt amazing the whole time. Tons of energy. I mean, it's still hard. You know, running 30 miles is still hard. But it was way easier than the ones I did when I was sucking down all the energy gels and stuff like that, okay? So those are some reasons why, as runners, we might want to consider just getting rid of the sugar and and becoming uh, fat-adapted. Okay, so just think about that as I'm as I'm going through some of the stuff we're talking about here in sugar, you know, um, and I get it. The hard part is when we say like stop eating sugar, and as runners we're, we're like, nope, not doing that. It's too hard. It's too hard to give up. I love it. I love my sugar, and I get it a hundred percent. I was a huge sugar addict, completely addicted to sugar and carbs, and I've I've changed my habits. And you can do it too. But we've like been conditioned to love sugar. We've been conditioned to crave sugar. And that conditioning, it all kind of started back in the late 70s, early 80s with the whole low-fat diet craze. You know, they decided that fat was bad and we needed to start eating a low-fat diet, which is weird because we had survived as as human beings for a couple thousand years um, just fine eating lots of saturated fat and, and animal products and butter, you know, and, and meat and, you know, lard. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope, this stuff's not good for us. And it's like, huh, nobody really questioned it. And the science they had to back it up was marginal. It was very, it was, 
it wasn't really good science. All right. And we know that now we know that the science was, was not good. We, we believed it. I mean, we were doing the best we could with what, what we had available to us, but now we know that science was not very good and we know better now. So anyway, they were like, stop eating fat. Um, you know, start making foods lower in fat. And everybody's like, cool, we'll, we'll get on board with the no fat thing. We'll make everything low fat or no fat or non-fat. Uh, but what do we use instead? Because when we take all the fat out, the food doesn't taste good anymore. And uh, the USDA was like, sugar, just put sugar in. Sugar's fine. Sugar's not a problem. Just start using that. And so the food industry was like, cool, man, we can put sugar in everything. And so they did. They started putting food in all kind, or starting putting sugar in all kinds of food to make it taste better. You know, you remove the fat, the food tastes terrible. So they, they just started putting sugar in everything. So they would start putting sugar in things like pasta sauce and yogurt and crackers and granola and like healthy cereals, oatmeal and salsa and potato chips and processed meats and cheeses. Uh, juice, uh, salad dressings, non-dairy milk, bread, all these things they started adding sugar to. They never had put sugar in bread, you know, prior to this. Uh, vitamin water, hey, lots of sugar in there. Iced tea, beef jerky, sports drinks, energy bars, protein powder, even vitamins themselves are loaded with sugar. And these are all products that we normally wouldn't assume would have any kind of added sugar. You know, we know about cookies, we know about ice cream, we know about the sugary cereals, but when it comes to like bread or crackers or yogurt, we think we're eating something healthy and we're, we're not, a lot of times we're not. And they, they hide the sugar because they, they know, you know, over the last mm, 10, 20 years, things have started to shift a little bit. Food labeling laws have changed. They have to list added sugar and they have to list the ingredients. And then if you notice something, they, they put the ingredients in the order of like how much of a certain uh, substance is in the thing. So if you look at a thing of salad dressing, let's say, let's say it's like olive oil based or something like that, which they really don't make much olive oil based salad dressing, which is a crime. I'd pay for that, but they don't. They use these cheap seed oils that are just toxic for us. Anyway, different topic. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Uh, but the, the labels have to list the ingredients in kind of the order. So if you had a, a salad dressing that's olive oil based, the first ingredient basically should be olive oil, right? And then they go from, you know, the most prominent to the least prominent. Well, sugar is very prominent in a lot of foods, but they don't want you to know that. So what they do is they call sugar a bunch of different names and they list it in there six or seven times. So it kind of confuses us as to how much sugar is actually in a product. So instead of listing just sugar one time at the very beginning, and we would all look at that and go, oh my gosh, there's a lot of sugar in this thing. Um, they'll, they'll use names like agave nectar or maltodextrin or fruit juice. Hey, it's got fruit juice in it. It sounds healthy, right? It's just another name for sugar or dextrose, or barley malt. Barley malt, that sounds delicious. That sounds like what, is that oatmeal? No, it's just sugar. All of these things sound innocent. They don't, they don't sound anything like they, they would be sugar, but they are, they're just sugar. There's actually something like 98 different names for sugar that they include 
in food labels. So you got to be, you got to know what you're looking for. You know, you got to be an informed consumer, okay? Here's the crazy thing, though. If you went into the grocery store and you removed all the products that contained added sugar, you'd be left with only around 20% of the products in the grocery store. 20%. So 80% of every food product, everything that you could possibly buy at the grocery store contains added sugar. And most of it is highly processed and most of it is hidden. You know, what you're left with is is things like meat, fish, vegetables, nuts, cheese, eggs, some full-fat dairy products. Like there's, you know, there's quite a bit left, but 20% of the store is what you're left with. That's crazy. So here's a, here's a good example. Like let's say you're, you're, you're trying to eat healthy, right? And so you sit down, you have a breakfast. You're like, I'm just going to have a nice healthy breakfast. I'm going to have a glass of apple juice and some granola and some fat-free yogurt because this is healthy, right? Well, in that little, simple little breakfast that I just mentioned, there's more than 20 teaspoons of sugar. Now, if I said to you, here, I just put 20 teaspoons of sugar in this glass. Just drink this down. Just like eat this sugar. You'd be like, no way. No way am I going to eat that much sugar. But when we sit down with some apple juice and some gruel and fat-free yogurt, that's exactly what we're doing. If you want a good, <laughs> if you want a really eye-opening look into this, there's a movie that I would recommend you watch. It's called That Sugar Film. And you can watch it free on YouTube, or if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it there too. But he lays out uh, just how much sugar is hidden in foods at the grocery store. And it is very, very eye-opening. Um, you'll get some good visuals on, on exactly what I'm talking about here. Here's another issue. You know, I talked about the kind of addictive nature of sugar or how we've been conditioned to crave sugar. And one of the reasons is that scientists, like food scientists over the last few decades have worked really hard to produce a food that creates the biggest desire and the biggest like feel good sensations within us that produces the best like uh, dopamine hit. So when you eat some sugar, you get a little hit of dopamine, you get a little serotonin release, you know, it feels good, right? You get all these chemicals going through your body, much like somebody gets when they do drugs or drinks alcohol. It's a very similar kind of thing. It it affects the same area of the brain. So food scientists have created this thing they call the bliss point. And they work really, really hard to combine the right kinds of ingredients to make our food hyper palatable and to produce this incredibly unnatural high within us. So they've been doing this for decades and we have consumers are, you know, now conditioned to want that rush. We, we kind of crave it and we kind of need it. There's a psychological addiction and there's a, a physical addiction. I'm going to get into more of the addictive nature of, of sugar in an in a upcoming episode here. But I just want you to understand that 
they're doing this, they know that this is a highly addictive substance and they're kind of doing this on purpose. So it's a little insidious if you ask me. It's a, it's a problem. I was reading a book uh, recently and, and there was a quote in this book from a guy named Howard Moskowitz and he's, a, he's an expert on consumer behavior and studies the, the way the food industry uh, creates these highly uh, hyper palatable foods and stuff like that and and of the of the science of creating foods he he said this he's <laughs> he said if you can find that optimal point in a set of ingredients you may be well on your way to converting that array of chemicals and physical substrates into a successful product wow an array of chemicals and physical substrates this is the way that the food industry looks at creating these hyperpalatable foods for us. Yay. <laughs> you know, they just look at it as like, how can we make this as addictive as possible? This, this pile of garbage we have here, how can we like combine these ingredients in such a way that make people crave it like a drug? And they're very successful at doing this. Very, the food industry is very successful at this. Okay, so here's something I really want you to understand, and this is an important point. We actually really don't need sugar to survive. We as humans have lived without sugar, without eating, you know, pasta sauce with added sugar and yogurt with added sugar, um, and even with a lot of fruit, you know, because uh, the fruit we have today, here's just so you understand, like the fruit we have today is so different from the fruit that was available to us a couple thousand years ago, even a couple of hundred years ago. You know, we've, we've modified, genetically modified our fruits and made them super sweet. Like a banana today is not what it was a couple hundred years ago. Um, apples, uh, watermelon, all these things have been, you know, the sweetness factor has, has increased a thousand times over the years, you know. So the fruit we're eating, that we were eating for centuries, for millennia, was very different and did not contain the kind of sugar it does today. But we've lived for, you know, thousands of years without all this sugar, okay? Our bodies actually produce our own sugar. We, we produce all the sugar we need in our liver, through a process called gluconeogenesis. And this is a process where our liver produces glucose because we need some glucose to, to survive, uh, but we don't need to get it from it externally, okay? There are some cultures out there that uh, still today, they don't eat sugar at all. They don't eat carbohydrates at all. They don't even eat vegetables. You know, there's like the Maasai tribe in Kenya who you know subsist on um, mostly high high fat raw dairy like milk and blood animal blood, and they don't eat vegetables or carbohydrates. There's the Inuit Eskimos that eat nothing but fish and um, you know seal meat and blubber. So they sur survive on protein and fat mostly, and they don't see vegetables. They don't eat uh, bread. They don't eat pasta, you know, they don't drink Frappuccinos from Starbucks or whatever, and they're fine. They've lived for thousands of years like this. And here's a couple of facts that I thought kind of blew my mind. 
So just a few hundred years ago, let's go back to like the 1700s. So not even like caveman days, just 1700s, you know. Americans were consuming something like four pounds of sugar per year. And that's naturally occurring sugar in fruits and grains and and added sugar as well. Four pounds a year. And, you know, it's not bad, right? Today, though, we as Americans consume over 150 pounds of sugar per year. This is mind-blowing. That's like three pounds of sugar a week. Again, this is total sugar. This includes naturally occurring sugar in fruits and grains and starches and things like that. But a lot of this is uh, added sugar as well. There's some, we consume something like 66 pounds of added sugar a year, which is a pound and a quarter a week of added sugar. But that is a lot, a lot of sugar, Okay. And here's something else we have to understand, that sugar is sugar. Your body kind of treats sugar all the same. They all raise insulin. Um, they all put you into fat storage mode. So if you're, if you're eating grains, if you're eating starchy vegetables, like you know white potatoes, if you're eating um, uh, sugary fruits like bananas and apples, you know, your body's just like, oh, there's sugar. And it, it kind of treats kind of treats it the same way. And I tell people like, you know, if you have to choose between eating uh, a chocolate chip cookie and an apple, I would say, you know, obviously choose the apple. You know, you're going to get some good fiber. There's a little bit of, you know, there's about a 15, 16 grams of sugar in there. And, you know, it'll, it'll spike your blood sugar a little bit. You'll get a little bit of insulin rush. And if you're eating apples all day long, that would be a problem. But every now and then eat an apple. It's totally fine. Um, it, you know, and, and if you're one of those people that likes to have oatmeal with bananas, like I used, this is my favorite morning thing. I used to eat oatmeal and bananas all the time. I loved a huge bowl of oatmeal. I even put some granola on there because granola is all healthy, right? This is all very healthy, right? Um, <laughs> this was causing me a lot of issues though. Like I, I was just gaining weight. I could not lose the weight. I just couldn't understand why either. Because sugar is kind of sugar. And so just know that if you want to do the oatmeal and bananas, if you want to keep eating all the fruit, it will kind of slow down your weight loss progress. More than likely, it's going to put you in a fat storage mode and you might start gaining weight. And so it's just something to be careful of, you know. You know, once you get to where you want to be, you get to your goal weight, you can always add in more fruits and some grains and things like that. But at the beginning, like if you're trying to get off sugar, just get off sugar. Just stop eating it altogether. Okay. Um, so how do you do that? Like, what is the answer here? And this is where I got a really easy tip for you. Are you ready? Here it is. Eat real food. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm just like so passionate about eating real food and kind of going back to eating the way our kind of recent ancestors ate. So this is eating just a lot of whole food with saturated fats with good fatty meats and fish and fresh vegetables and very little sugar and very little refined grains and not much fruit. You know, so this is like my, my main focus of my programs and the main focus of the work that I do with my clients is teaching them how to just go back to eating real food. Um, 
One way you can do that is a simple first step is just kind of eliminate the packaged and processed food from your life. You know, it actually makes your life much easier when you just get rid of all this packaged and processed food. You know, you got to get into a routine and you may have to prep a little bit ahead of time. But once you do this, life becomes easier for you, actually. Um, So just stop buying food in packages. Okay. Now, I get it. There's going to be some exceptions to that rule. And and I have exceptions to that. I love my riced cauliflower because I use this as a substitute for rice. I make pizza crust out of it. It comes in a bag. It's pre-riced. All it contains is one ingredient, cauliflower. But it's just simple. Like I don't want to spend my half my day shredding cauliflower into rice. You know what I mean? But uh, so there's, there's obviously exceptions. You know, I want life to be easy for me, for you too. But pretty much stay away from packaged food, you know? And if you do buy packaged food though, read the labels carefully. Know what you're looking at. You know, look for the hidden sugar. I'm actually posting a, a picture that I found that, ha- that lists all these like 98 different terms for sugar. So that would be something helpful for you to check out. And I'll, I'll put that in the show notes for this episode. So you can just go to the runningmindpodcast.com forward slash 27, or I'll post it in the Facebook groups. Just join the Facebook group, the Running Lean community. Um, so uh, watch out for all that hidden sugar. So read your labels carefully. And then just shop the perimeter of the grocery store. You know, avoid those aisles with all the packaged foods in them, right? Just, you know, shop in the produce section, eat tons of veg, you know, shop in the meat and fish department, you know, shop in the dairy section, get some real butter. Like just go back to eating the way that our grandparents and their grandparents ate. And I I guarantee you're going to start to see a lot of significant uh, changes in your uh, weight, in your mood, in your energy levels. And uh, we just got to get off all these refined uh, pseudo foods (laughs) with all the added sugar in them, okay? So I'm going to be continuing this conversation in the Facebook group over at the Running Lean community on Facebook. Uh, Remember, we're doing the July No Sugar Challenge. We just got started. It's not too late. Come join us. Grab a few friends to do it with you. It's more fun with friends. and uh, let's do this. Let's just, let's stop eating sugar. Let's, let's, start, uh, let's start using our own body fat for fuel. We can survive for days and days and days on our own body fat. And we'll, we'll lose a bunch of weight. We'll become those lean running machines that we wanna, wanna be, right? Awesome. All right, that's all I got for you today. As always, lots and lots of love to each and every one of you, my friends, and keep on running lean, and I'll talk to you soon. tried to lose weight by running miles and miles or starving yourself and you've had zero results, you are not alone. This model of weight loss is broken. It's never worked and it has to be replaced. That's why I created a powerful new training just for you called How to Become a Lean Running Machine. You'll discover why running more and eating less does not work for weight loss. And you'll learn the three secrets to losing weight and keeping it off for good. 
To get this free training right now, just go to theRunningMindPodcast.com slash lean and learn how you can become a lean running machine. 